My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him. Without him, nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life. And this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas, everyone. On behalf of our pastor, Father Joe, and Father Francesco, Father John, and the entire parish family and staff here at Holy Family, it's my sincere wish that you have a happy and healthy Christmas. It's been said that in our day and age, with people holding more polarizing beliefs and opinions on an ever-growing list of items, that it's hard to get people to agree on anything. But if there's one unifying statement that I've found most recently, it's that things are harder this Christmas than last Christmas. I've had family members say that, and friends, and fellow priests, and parishioners, 
even on the college campus where I serve among believers or not, this is one sentiment that seems to have grown in acceptance. Whether it's that people are still getting sick or just feeling frustrated from just hearing about this cursed COVID and the drumbeat of fear around it, or that people's expectations were just so high a year ago that by now things would be back to normal and aren't. Any or all of those things and a bunch of others in between, it's just been striking to see and hear people seeming even more stressed than they were a year ago. And that seemed to reach a fever pitch this, this past week where I heard personal stories of people calling off Christmas plans, combining with news reports of restaurants and theaters and even the Radio City Christmas Spectacular closing professional sports games being sidelined. Lots of attention was paid to high-profile figures from Queen Elizabeth to Bill Gates announcing they've canceled their plans as well. And all of this has left several news sources to run with the headline, media figures to summarize and conclude, Christmas is ruined. And seeing and hearing all these things in the wide range of reactions to it all is disorienting, it's depressing, it's confusing for many people. And I have to confess, it's been a challenge for me too. I've had friends getting news that they had to quarantine, gifts that I ordered weeks ago with guaranteed delivery proving not so perfect a guarantee, then mistakenly picking up a box of what I thought was one of those Kodiak whole grain granola things that I eat regularly to find it's a baking mix, and then foolishly thinking, I can do this, foolishly thinking I have time to do this, foolishly realizing that, oh, I forgot to add milk to it, so fa-la-la-la for sure. <laughs> and then added to, even last night, one of our relatives did a at rapid test and was found positive and canceled our Christmas Eve plans as well. So I can appreciate where some people are coming from when they say they feel Christmas is ruined. It's been a long year, and for many, their plans and their hopes and their expectations have been ruined. But Christmas itself isn't ruined. It can never be which is why we are here and why this is the most important part of all that seems to always crowd the celebration of Christmas every year. Of the four sets of readings that are possible for a Catholic Mass between Christmas Eve and today, these readings for the Mass during the day really stood out because you'd expect to hear one of the other Christmas Gospel stories. Joseph with the angelic visitor explaining the historic birth of the Son of God, born of the Virgin, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that fulfills God's most ancient promises to Adam and David and Abraham, or all the frantic preparations for the birth of the baby Jesus that resulted in him being born in a manger of all places, or the recounting of the glory of God appearing in the sky Angels announcing the news of the birth to shepherds and them going out and announcing it themselves. 
Instead of any of all those beautiful or well-known parts of the Christmas story, it's almost surprising to hear at this Mass, this most likely, likely, most likely least familiar and least expected account from the Gospel of John. St. John's Gospel is the last Gospel written. John knew all those stories by heart, and having cared for the Blessed Virgin Mary the last years of her earthly life, learned to treasure them in his heart as she had. So he's had time to reflect on all the Christmas stories. But to give a little context about how things were going for St. John as he sets out to, to write this gospel, you want to talk about things being ruined. The apostles had thought that after Jesus' resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven, and then being gifted with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that he was going to return and the end of the world was going to come pretty quickly. And the fullness of God's kingdom would be revealed and established. Yet that was far from what happened. The reality was, as John sets his hand to paper, or rather papyrus, he's the last apostle alive at this point. All the others, his biological brother, St. James, his brothers in Christ, that inner circle of apostles, the first followers of Jesus, they were all brutally tortured and killed and martyred simply for being followers of Jesus and proclaiming him to the ends of the earth. After the trauma of all that and the Blessed Virgin Mary being assumed into heaven as well, he's the last man from the original 12 still standing. And while he's spared from execution, his punishment for preaching the gospel is not without cruelty, being forced into exile. John is alone and is isolated. How does John reconcile all that has not gone according to plans? He finds himself the most reflective of the gospel writers as he sets out to tell, to tell the story. It's like he's trying to find the adequate words to express how his life was changed by this encounter with Jesus. What made him abandon his trade and family business efficient? What made him leave his family behind? What made him reevaluate all that he ever thought was important, all that he had ever known? He answers poetically, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yes, the years after Jesus' ascension had been long, and not many of their hopes and dreams came true. Many of their plans had been ruined. But John and those earliest and first Christians knew that if they could let go of that, just as they let go of all they knew and thought was important when they first met Jesus, they would have him. And that was all they needed. That light that shines in the darkness. John recognized how that was true in his own life, the brokenness that he experienced from a less than perfect world with imperfect people, with broken politics, with unequal class structure, with division and tension and fighting and warring, 
From the very first day that John encountered Jesus Christ, it was clear as when light is contrasted with darkness. And that's what made it easy for him to walk away from it all and just cling to him. And that was true of all of Jesus' first followers. As John says, to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. They could contend with the brokenness of their world. They could overcome it. They could transform it. Because the word had become flesh and made his dwelling among them. There was a way out of all that was ruined. The darkness, the things that threatened to ruin everyone and everything, that still exists. Even though Jesus is the life that is the light of the human race, people sadly still fall for temptations that lure them to look at other things and other places and other people for that which brings them their true identity. But John points out that even his own people did not accept him. But for those who did, and those who still do, he gives power to become children of God. Becoming children of God, that is the gift of Christmas. John wants us not to focus simply on Jesus' birth, but how that's caused our rebirth, what some of our Protestant brothers and sisters would call being born again being baptized into him. He who still lives and still exists is still among us here and now in this place, especially here as we receive his word and we receive his body and blood in the Eucharist from this altar. These sacred realities help us to experience how the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory. The glory as the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. With that grace, the darkness that still threatens and frightens so many of us can be overcome. Christ's birth is the beginning of his coming into our world in a physical way. The beginning of his story that would lead to the cross, but also to the glory and the salvation of Easter Sunday. God loved us so much that he sent us his only begotten son, a son who loves us. And so Jesus Christ is born. And that's why this Christmas and every Christmas can never be ruined. Merry Christmas.